This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, April 27th, and this is your 4x5 episode for writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. On this episode, we will say farewell to this year's Atlanta Hawks. We will look at some of the notable performances from recently in the playoffs, including in Memphis, Miami, and New Orleans, plus some playoff fantasy value, some of the best performers in the playoffs so far. That and more is coming up on this episode as they welcome in Raphael Johnson. And Raph, you and I got to just say right off the bat here, you were not even supposed to be here today. I'm happy you are here, but Ryan Knaus has had a a dramatic last-minute power outage. Yeah, you know, um, when teammates down, you gotta step up. So <laughs> I'm here. Exactly one of those one of those world famous main power outages yeah. that we've all heard so much about. Now the reason I bring this up is because Ryan had a topic prepared, and it was best performers, nine category fantasy performers in the postseason, mm-hmm. and somewhat heroically he sent that to us minutes before this podcast began. You and I have only barely glanced at this, but we're gonna dive into this. We're gonna analyze some of. Ryan's findings here. So a little bit of discovery happening here in the first five minutes. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we've, we both got this in front of us. Um, I mean, what what stands out to you? I mean, sure, we've got Jimmy Butler at the top, Nikola Jokic second overall in nine-category fantasy value. Like, what's the first name when you're going through Ryan's rankings that you're like, oh, wow, that kind of makes sense or that surprises me? What, what stands out? I think it's Jordan Poole. Um, his yeah. first playoff go-round starting obviously as they're working Stephen Curry back into the rotation. And he's ranked fifth in nine cat according to Ryan's rankings. I, I I'm surprised what I'm I'm surprised he's ranked that high, but I'm not surprised that he's yeah. playing well just because of what we saw earlier in the regular season when he was starting and you know they were without Curry and he kind of knew what his they were without Clay actually even before that. Mm-hmm. And we kind of knew what his role was. Um so I, I think I'm interested to see how this run, if he continues on this path and the Warriors play deep into the playoffs, how it impacts, one, his his spot within the Warriors rotation for next season, and then also how he's viewed in drafts. Because I'm looking at it, I think he's going to end up being a sixth man for them next season once everyone's healthy, mm-hmm. just because you've got Clay, you got Steph, you got Andrew Wiggins. I don't think they would go to the StephCon 5 or whatever they're calling that new lineup, you know, full time. <laughs> with Draymond Green as the center, but that's obviously going to be an option for them at times. So it'll be interesting to see how Steve Kerr employs him next season and also how people view him in drafts, depending on where he is, because I think he would probably be right there with Tyler Hero in terms of most valuable six men from a fantasy standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Raph, it feels a little, it feels like with what we saw late in the season, of course, Steph was hurt for some of that and these playoffs, we've kind of passed the point of no return in a good way when it comes to pools. Yeah you know, value on the court for the Warriors. I don't think there's any doubt in Steve Kerr and the organization's mind that, like, this is one of mm-hmm. our core guys now, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. And for me, that's going to be reflected in his fantasy value. Are you going to are you gonna have any hesitation? Like, it, it also feels like his his ADP is going to yeah. be skyrocketing. Like, where do, you, where do you guess we might see him go in drafts, and would you draft him there? 
I would guess for me personally, middle rounds, but you mentioned the ADP thing. And I think that's going to be what may throw some people off. I think it's going to end up being higher than what it should be for a six man. Um, But yeah, 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 we'll, (laughs) we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm kind of imagining, I don't know, him going like 50, 60 in some drafts after this playoff performance. Recency bias is a is a real thing. Um, so as we scroll down through this, um, you know, after pool at five, I'm gonna, by the way, I'm going to try to get Ryan to post this mm-hmm. on NBC Sports Edge because he put a lot of work into yeah. this and he's not here. Um, but, you know, Jason Tatum, six, Luka Doncic in his two games, seventh, Carl Anthony Towns, eighth. Then the next thing that jumps out at me, Raph, is one Desmond Bain. What are your thoughts? He's been like the biggest matchup problem for Minnesota in this series. His perimeter shooting ability has gotten better putting the ball on the on the floor and attacking as well. But I think I'm a bit more excited for him, about him next season than, than Jordan Poole just because of the defensive potential that, that I see in Bain mm. from a production standpoint. Um, and also he's obviously going to start, you know, he's starting now and that's going to be his spot for as long as he's in a Grizzlies uniform, I think. So I think I'm a little bit more excited about Bain. Um, as for where he should be drafted, I think middle rounds is going to be fine for him as well. Maybe even a little bit higher if you, if you feel like rolling the dice on him, but yeah, I really like what I see out of Bain right now and what he could potentially be moving forward. Yeah, man, this guy looks impressive. His playoff number is 23.6 points, uh, 3.8 rebounds, 2.4 dimes, 4.4 threes. And you mentioned those defensive stats in the playoffs in five games, 0.8 steals, 1.2 blocks. Uh, I lose sleep, and I think every fan of every NBA team should lose sleep. This guy went 30th in the the draft. I mean, geez, what a steal by Memphis. (laughs) His wingspan is what dropped him down boards, which really seems foolish in hindsight. Yeah, he's kind of got the like the bodybuilder yeah. build, you yeah. know. <laughs> but man, he's good. I really, I really am impressed by this guy. Yes. Um, all right, Let, we're we're closing in on running out of time, and as I said, we can't go through. Ryan literally ranked. I mean, you should rank every player that's in action. I mean, yeah. So this is a great resource whether you're playing fantasy, uh, whether you're playing you know playoff DFS or or whatever, whether you're just curious, but. You know, Curry, I want, to, I want to hit one more player before we go. Curry, 11, Booker, 12, Giannis, 13. So, you know, no real surprises there. I mean, Raph, I stop at uh, DeAndre Ayton yeah. at 14. You want to take a minute and talk about him? Um, Sure. It sounds like the alarm's going off. but Or if, I know, we'll, we'll <laughs> it's the play. It's postseason. Yeah. We can bend the rules a little bit. Or is there another name that jumps out of you? Your choice. I think Aiton jumps out just because of his future. Like, we don't know where he's going to be playing next year. I would assume that Phoenix is going to do everything they can to resign him. It would be silly to just let him walk. But his free agency, given how he's played all season and and what he's done in the playoffs thus far, he's going to make, he's made himself a good amount of money. Um, So I think, I'm trying to think, maybe second, third round for him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't think he goes first round high, but I think around that turn, that second or third round yeah. turn is probably where he's going to start coming off the boards. Yeah, he's at twenty around 20 and 10 points and rebounds in the playoffs, 1.2 blocks. I mean, he's been, you know, we saw this last year in the playoffs. He seems to raise his level in the postseason. Obviously, yeah. it's a small sample size. We know 20 and 10 is in there, I think, in theory. Mm-hmm. Could he do that for a full regular season is the question when it comes to his fantasy value. And Last thing I'll ask is, did Phoenix uh, blow it? Did they take an unnecessary gamble here in uh, letting him get to free agency, restricted free agency? 
they may have in terms of the balance sheet, but I think overall they should be okay. Like I said, I, I fully expect them to re-sign him. Um, yeah. And it's not like we've seen him throughout the course of the season, you know, speak to the media as if he felt underappreciated and whatnot. He's really been about his right. business. So I think Phoenix should be okay in that regard. Right. And it is going to be restricted free agency, right? Yeah. Uh, was that, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Raph, uh, I think we, uh, for not having seen the spreadsheet, handled this <laughs> decently well. Yeah. Thanks for jumping in in a pinch. Great to talk to you as always. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. So yeah. All right. Dr. A's here. Steve, good afternoon to you. You didn't tell me this had been changed to a four by 10 podcast. <laughs> huh. Steve feeling a little. Interesting how you just make up rules as you go along. Steve feeling a little little bitter, a little shortchanged by this concept. Steve, you know what? Maybe you and I will will also go slightly over the five minutes. Matt, 5 a.m. this morning, I was sleep stuffing again, and I grabbed my wife's pillow and yanked it out from under her head. She's like, dude, like at 8 o'clock when she got up to go to work, she she woke me up and she's like, you got to stop, dude. You got to stop whatever this sleepwalking thing is you're doing because she was she was not she did not find this one nearly as amusing as the two man draft. Just the aggressive ripping out of the pillow. I don't know what I thought it was. I didn't think it was a pillow. I didn't think her head was on it. Oh, so it was a dream. So it was it was a prop in a dream, basically. Yeah, I was like, oh, I got to get that blanket out of here. I, I don't know what I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> Next step has to be the stepbrothers kitchen scene for you. Like, <laughs> we need I that. may have to go. See, I may have to go see a sleep specialist. It could be where we're headed. Matt, I want to talk about also just set up like a, a camera. We need it. We need the, or at least audio. We need audio like yeah. every every day just for the possibilities. Carry on fantasy basketball, real basketball. I want to talk about Ja Morant and the fact that I feel like he is we're to the point where we're taking him for granted and maybe underappreciating Ja. Cause even our producer, Adam, you know, before the show started, he's like, man, Ja hadn't been very good in this series. I was all fired up about his fourth quarter last night. Mm -hmm. um, people on Twitter were like, calm down, sir. He, that's his job. He didn't really do anything that special. And then Barkley was like, you know, the only reason they won this game is because of, uh, Brandon Clark and Desmond Bain, which all of that, all of that stuff, Matt, I yeah. think is there's there's a bit of truth in all of that. But we're talking about a guy, John Morant, who you and I were not high on coming into this season for fantasy purposes. And, and nobody saw Memphis being this good. Matt, he was a he shot less than 73 percent from the free throw line last season. But last night he stood up there and hit six free throws in a row in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. Like it, he didn't look nervous. He didn't hesitate. He just drilled all six of them. Uh, he had possibly the best dunk, the best in-game dunk any, any of us have ever seen in a playoff game. What was that dunk? What even, how, how do you even physically describe that if you're trying to put into words what, what happened? The arm action alone he, on that dunk was, was mind-blowing. Oh, it was crazy. Like that dunk was just sick. And yeah. the the Grizzlies were down like 13 points at one point, you know, heading into the fourth quarter. So that dunk kind of started their comeback. Uh, he hit a massive three-pointer, which was nothing but the bottom, 
with 103 left in the fourth quarter for mm -hmm. their first lead of the entire game. Then he hits the game-winning layup because Anthony Edwards overplayed him. You know, if John ja Morant had overplayed Anthony Edwards and Anthony Edwards did that, we would we would never hear the end of it. But for some reason, for some reason, the jaw the jaw haters are are coming out of the woodwork, man. Huh. Well, he had 30 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists on Tuesday. Brandon Clark had 21 and 15. Nine offensive rebounds. Man, he just looks like a monster. 16.4 points, 8.6 rebounds, 2.2 dimes, a steal, 0.6 blocks in the playoffs, shooting 70% from the floor. Where is he? Uh, 32nd in Ryan's nine-category playoff fantasy <laughs> rankings, by the way. Ja is 25th, as I will continue to reference that until the end of time because I'm just fascinated by it. Um, and meanwhile, Steve, I feel like you're going to use that as a secret weapon in, in DFS maybe tonight. I need something. I've been my DFS slump has persisted quite a bit. Jaron Jackson Jr. is uh, having a rough one with the old fouls in the playoffs, Steve. He's basically trying to foul out of every game. And Brandon Clark, meanwhile, is putting up the numbers. Everybody was thinking Jaron Jackson Jr. was going to put up. Um, I don't hear really anyone roasting Jaron Jackson Jr. for not living up to the hype, but he clearly is struggling. And Memphis yeah. just keeps winning without him, mainly because of Brandon Clark. Like Barkley was right. Brandon Clark, that nine offensive rebound game he had last night was just stupid. Like he was awesome. 5.2 personal fouls in the playoffs for Jaron Jackson Jr. per game so far, shooting 39% from the floor. Steve, our timer's about to go off, but just to so that you don't yell at me. We're going to go for an additional minute here. I'm really jealous of what's going on in Memphis as a as a uh, sad Hawks fan. Do you want do you want to spend 1 minute talking about the Hawks? I mean, I, I I watching that game last night, the inbounds play that Nate drew up. I don't know if that's even what he did was just I I don't understand that. The foul call against DeAndre Hunter was ghost-like and not challenged. James Borrego is available. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, okay. um, yep. I feel I like you. the Hawks, the Hawks have all that youth and all that, uh, young blood, and maybe they could use some youthfulness at the head coaching position as well. Something's got to give. I mean, they just did not live up to expectations this year. Yeah. Everybody dealt with injuries. Everybody dealt with COVID not just Atlanta, but that's, right. that's usually what you hear when you hear Hawks players talk about, the season and why things went south, but um, they just got to be better, man. It's it was it was upsetting. DeAndre Hunter had quite a game. Uh, what do you have? Thirty five and ten before mm. fouling out in in a very dubious fashion. Where where does he where does DeAndre Hunter rank on Ryan's list? And where are we drafting him next year? And then I'll get out of here. Okay, uh, <laughs> DeAndre Hunter is fifty fifty third out of a. Uh, 130 something players okay so 53rd he uh, where would you take him next year i mean it depends if he's in a hawks uniform i think he could get traded but i continue to think he's like a game like that is the outlier for him i think he had like two double digit rebound games all season something ridiculous like that he doesn't get defensive stats um yeah i mean as raf points out he can't stay healthy either very end of drafts i might take a flyer i, I will not I, I'm so frustrated with DeAndre Hunter, although he was awesome on <laughs> he was awesome on Tuesday. He was awesome on he, Tuesday. And my thing is a Hawks fan is okay, that's in there. Can we could we perhaps see that more often? 
Yeah, and that was my thing last night too. Is where has this been all season? Yeah, like where? Yeah, and why didn't I play him in DFS last night? But uh, <laughs> fifty six Fanduel points for Hunter. <laughs> I think I'm higher on him next year than you are. I feel like um, he's going to come in the season healthy, and and he's got a couple of years under his belt now. I think I think next year he's got some some breakout potential. Okay, Steve, never accuse me of shortchanging you on time. I appreciate it. You're the best. Have a good day. All right, thanks, Matt. Okay. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we have two writers still to go. First, we're going to take a very quick break. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs, Premier League on the PGA Tour and NASCAR circuit. Now we're going to bring in Aaron Robinson, who is here to talk more playoff takeaways, I think. Aaron, how are you? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, not not too bad. Not too bad. Um where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? What's on your list? I'll start with Mikael Bridges. Um, obviously, yeah. last night he had, you know, his coming out party in, in the postseason. I think um, only his second career 30-point game ever. Um, scores 31 points, shoot 12 of 17 from the floor, 4 for 4 from the three-point line, 3 for 3 from the free throw line. Um, grabs five rebounds with two assists, one steal, four blocks, and just one turnover. I mean, this mm-hmm. dude was absolutely uh, unstoppable last night for Phoenix and they really needed him to step up, man. Obviously, in the absence of Devin Booker, um, you know, they, they've, they need to get more out of guys like him, Cam Johnson, Landry Shamit. Shamit's been, you know, pretty much non-existent. Cam Johnson's been okay. Um, and Bridges had been solid. I mean, in, in the four games prior to last night, uh, he was averaging 13.7 points, 4.7 rebounds, three assists, uh, 1.2 blocks. So solid solid numbers um, there. But, I mean, last night was, was really like, you know, really it's coming out party and it knocked him up. Um, to now 17, about five Thank rebounds, you. three dimes, two blocks, uh, one triple. Um, and he's, according to our guy, um, Ryan, 18th um, in, in nine-cat formats uh, in postseason play. So um, that, that performance on Tuesday night definitely shot him up those rankings for sure. Um, but he's somebody who I think you know, with Devin Booker, I mean, this could be a potential confidence-boosting type game for him going forward. Because um, I mentioned, man, they haven't really got much from Shaman, and, he, and they've been playing him some decent amount of minutes. 
um, in the playoffs. So uh, I think Bridges is the guy um, that, that that you could potentially see kind of um, having a few big games here. Obviously, you know, nobody's, um, you know, still playing, uh, you know, uh, leagues. But if you for, from a DFS perspective, um, I think he's somebody that, that you could that you can get some decent value at. Definitely worth the flyer, especially when they're at home. Um, we talk a lot, a lot about in the playoffs, um, role players tend to play a lot better um, at home. And so um, going into New Orleans game six might might be a stay away spot. But if, they, if it potentially gets to a game seven at home, um, I think he's definitely somebody that you, that you could look at um, to have a big game there for, for Phoenix. Yeah, I like that. And I'm glad you referenced Ryan's rankings. And, I, you know, what I was saying about DeAndre Hunter, oh, oh that was in there. Can we see that more often? It, that's a little bit how... I feel about Mikel Bridges. Can we see the ceiling more often? And I know that part of that is his role in the offense. And as you said, finally getting, you know, an increased opportunity with Booker out. But even the defensive stats, great to see. And my other thought about the Suns before I think we move to another team you want to talk about is you talked about Cam Johnson. I keep waiting for a big Cam Johnson game without Booker. And I think that's the guy I would I would still want to target in DFS because I feel like it's coming. He was up to 36 minutes. This last game, eight points, nine rebounds, five assists. So scoring-wise, it hasn't happened, but I feel like it's coming. I've been high on Cam Johnson, as you know, for for a long time here, and he, he's shown flashes at times. Like he, he he's sprinkling right. a little greatness here, and then he'll go back. And you know, I, I think with him, man, he, he's he's somebody that, that for one game, it's it's hard to predict because you don't know when it could come. But like if he if he were to have twenty five and hit seven threes one night, I don't think many people would be too surprised there because he has he's he's shown yeah. the ability to do that. Um, in in spots you know, throughout the season, but I, I'm with you, man. I think just with with the minutes, with him getting more comfortable, like you said, he played 37 minutes last night. Um, I, I think he's due for a big one um, in one of these games soon. So he definitely could be somebody um, that, if you want to, you know, kind of boom or bust type of thing. I think he's somebody that, that could be very intriguing um, going forward. Maybe to my own detriment, I keep thinking about the 36 point game he had when Booker was out earlier this season. I keep waiting for one of those. You and me both. You and me both. <laughs> uh, so there's some Bulls-related news. Bulls backcourt. You want to give it to us and uh, give us your thoughts on it? Yeah, so Zach Levine and Alex Caruso were officially ruled out this morning. Um, Levine is obviously in health and safety protocols, and then Caruso was going through the concussion protocols. This, this is kind of what you know we had, we had expected. Obviously, Caruso didn't travel with the team um, on Tuesday to Milwaukee, even though Billy Donovan didn't officially rule, rule him out. Um, obviously, the indicators were that it wasn't looking good for him to play in this one, and um, same thing with Levine. He entered the protocols on Tuesday. So, you know, unless it was a false positive, you know, there was no way he's going to be able to play today um, and, and test out a protocol. So both of those guys are officially out for Chicago as, as they try to save their season and extend it one more game in Milwaukee. But uh, that means that you know, Sumo and Kobe White, both of those guys should move into the starting lineup. Um, you know, they, they've been pretty pedestrian up to this point. Mm-hmm. They haven't been getting a ton of minutes. Kobe White's been playing about – 16.8 minutes per game. I'm getting about six points, 3.5 rebounds, 1.3 assists per game. Um, in game one, he had, he had a solid game. He played 23 minutes, scored 12 points, grabbed four rebounds. And then Io has been playing about 15.8 minutes. He's averaging three points, 2.5 rebounds, and 2.5 assists. Um, last time out in game four, he did play 29 minutes, scored eight points, grabbed two rebounds with two assists and a steal. So, you know, I, I think, again, kind of similar to the Cam Johnson thing, I think just with more minutes, getting more comfortable. Um, obviously, in Chicago, season's on the line. Right. You know, so you know, obviously, if they if they lose tonight, they're going home. So we saw what DeAndre Hunter did in, with similar circumstances um, for Atlanta on Tuesday night. So, you know, hopefully one of those guys can, can kind of, you know, take some notes and maybe one of those guys will have a, have a bigger night. I think Kobe White is obviously one that's more likely just from an offensive standpoint. And, right. 
you know, the, what we've been able to see him do. But from a defensive standpoint, Io could, could be could be a guy that could get you some 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 value there. Um, but both of those guys, you know, are gonna gonna play huge minutes in this one for sure. Um, and then Caruso being out, their depth is extremely compromised. So um, they're gonna need they're gonna need somebody to step up big time. And you know, those two are two guys that I think you know are gonna be are gonna be on front street. Um, they're going to have their opportunity to have their five minutes of fame here on uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely be looking at both of those guys. I think Nikola v- v- Vucevic could be worth looking at coming off a down game. Uh, but with no Levine, that could be a game changer for him. And I, and Patrick Williams, who had 20 and 10 last yeah. time. We could see some additional Patrick Williams usage. So that's another yeah. uh, another name I'm looking at in Chicago. No, for sure. I, I definitely agree with you on the Patrick Williams one, especially with the threes. I mean, he's going to get a lot. He, he should get a lot of opportunities um, for catching shoots tonight because the defense is going to be so loaded to DeMar DeRozan. He's going to get a lot of attention tonight. So you would think that those guys, um, you know, Patrick Williams, Vucevic, um, should be able to get some 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 decent looks at some catching shoots. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I definitely I definitely agree with you there, though, you know, that um, he, he's somebody as well that, that could have a big game tonight. All right, Aaron, I appreciate it. I will talk to you soon. Have a good one. Yes, sir. All right. Okay, here to close the joint down. It's Jared Johnson. Jared. Hello, hello. How are you? How are you? I'm fine. You're a little echoey right now. I'm echoey. echoey. Uh, jump out and jump back in. What should we do? Should we talk to Raph for a second? Raph. Raph, while Jared's troubleshooting, you're still here. Let's talk more about Aaron Ryan's playoff rankings. Any thoughts from you? I think... Jalen Brunson at 22 is an interesting one. Yes. You know, we, when we left off, we talked about DeAndre Ayton and his pending free agency. Brunson is going to be an unrestricted free agent, and I think he's played himself out of, out of Dallas's price range. So I think that's another big name. There he is. Yeah, I think Brunson's going to be a big guy to watch in, in drafts just because of where he could potentially wind up, like line up in terms of the team that he signs with. If he stays in Dallas, that may limit his fancy value a bit just because you've got Luca there, obviously. But, you know, if he winds up with, say, the Knicks or team like that that has a, de- a major need at the point guard position, he could be one that kind of shoots up draft boards, I think. I agree with you. I think it's hilarious that you said that the Knicks are in need of a point guard when they have about seven other ones on their roster. But Do you want to try unplugging the mic and just use your headphones, Mike? Hold on. Try leaving and coming back one more time, Jared. Well, Jalen Brunson, unlike Jordan Poole, do you feel like he's officially leveled up in your mind? Like, has has it has it happened? Is this going to carry over? I think it will. Um, but like I said, the tough thing with him in terms of projections right now is that we don't know where he's going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Like, at least with Jordan Poole, we know he's going to be a warrior next season. Um, Brunson... No, who knows? I think if he lands in a spot where he's asked to be the starting lead guard, he's obviously starting in Dallas, but like I said, you're playing alongside Luca. You're kind of more of a supplement than the primary guy. So I think that's going to be the big question for him, you know, this summer and then going into early drafts. Nice. We're, we're not. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me yes. normally? We're not. Is it cracky? No, you're good. No. We, we were in. Okay. We were about to be stuck in an infinite loop where. Jared has audio trouble. He leaves. Raph and I talk about Jalen <laughs> Brunson. That was going to be the purgatory we were stuck in for all eternity. But I think we may have broken the, broken the loop here. So, okay. all right, Jared. Uh, well, I never started a timer due to this madness. Oh, I did. But we'll, we'll just keep talking for a few extra minutes. 
what do you want? What do you want? What's on your agenda? Let, let's uh, let's do an express version. I kind of want to talk about. Let's do a. I want to talk about JB. Um, he had an incredible season. Uh, he hit career highs in points, triples, dimes, free throw percentage. He pulled down eleven point four boards per game. Uh, he finished ranked forty eight overall. So he beat his ADP by a couple slots. However, he didn't play a single game alongside Zion Williamson. And I think that that's huge. I don't think that we can look at his numbers this season and take anything mm -hmm. away from him, essentially. That's how much of a big deal I think that Zion Williamson is. So let's just assume for the sake of argument that Zion Williamson is uh, healthy next year. Do you think I'm off here? Do you think that JV can be successful alongside Zion? Uh, how do you feel about JV next season and, and where would you draft him, assuming that Zion Williamson is healthy? Well, I think he's healthy right now, in fact, based on footage we've seen of him jumping out of certain gyms. But right, that's, if that's true. <laughs> Zion is playing for New Orleans, I guess is what we're saying. I mean, I, yeah, I can see that putting a dent in in Valanciunas's value. I mean, 17.8 points, 11.4 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.8 blocks, 0.8 threes. The, the threes were a career high. That was nice. He was a top 50 fantasy yeah. guy. And yeah, I mean, I imagine I could easily see Zion denting the points and rebounds. And since he's not, you know, an elite defensive stats guy, I think you have to approach him with caution. Right. And I think in particular, don't draft him, you know, based on this year's, you know, ranking on the leaderboard. Be, be careful. You know, that, that top yes. 50, I think expectation is risky, but he's been an, a very consistently good fantasy player. And I think he's going to be worth rostering. Yeah. I just think you got to... Yeah, it's possible you need to to put it put a dent in his value in your in terms of your rankings if Zion's back. Think about where he has to yeah. be on the floor if Zion is. I mean, Zion's gonna Zion owns the paint, so that's gonna bring JV a little bit away, kind of like what we saw with Serge Ibaka when he started becoming more of a three point shooter. I mean, JV has the three point stroke and Zion does not. Um, so that's just something to think about. Sure. Let's move on to Miami. We've seen some nice flashes from. Victor Oladipo this season. Not something that I was expecting to say at any point. But, um, you know, he had that 40 spot in the regular yep. season finale. Uh, he got this, and then he got the spot start last night with Jimmy Butler out. And he came through with 23 points, three triples, three assists, three steals over 36 minutes. Um, he's going to be a free agent next year. I seriously doubt that he would be back with Miami. Uh, I think that, well, I maybe not seriously doubt because Miami did give him that nice little. Uh, rehab contract, so maybe he he rewards them. But uh, the key question is here is can he stay mm -hmm. healthy? And I kind of think the answer is almost definitively no. I don't want to beat him right. up too much because he is still a young guy. But I mean, ever since that knee injury, which he's just kept experiencing over and over again, I think it's been four years now. So I, I like what I see. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I would look at him as anything more than a late-round flyer next year. Uh, it'll be inter interesting to see where he winds up. Yeah, I agree. And, man, there were, there were certainly some flashes even in Tuesday night's game where, I mean, like catches it with his back to the basket, turn, hitting a three, like driving past people. There were, he looked so good in that game that there were moments where I found myself thinking, man, I wish Kyle Lowry was playing right now and not Victor Oladipo. <laughs> but that's just a desperate Hawks fan talking, complaining about everything. Yeah, 
boy, I, I would be hesitant to bank on his health just given the recent years games totals. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and he's almost 30. So yeah, he's pushing 30. And uh, we can go for another minute, Jared. That's kind of been the tradition today. So yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm curious to see where he ends up. He's looked impressive. That 40, 40 point game you mentioned was 40 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists with heat resting guys. So there's obviously plenty left if he's healthy, but that's a big if. Yeah, yeah. Big if, but um, I'd say intriguing late round target next year based mm -hmm. on the limited sample size we've seen from him this year. And honestly, the sample size that we have seen, just the fact that he's able to do this. Like, I did not right. think this guy had a 40 spot in him. Right. Um, but moving on, just something I'd like to kind of close out on, on a bright yeah, note. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Achilles injuries used to be just devastating. The worst thing that could happen in basketball. It would and careers consistently yeah. i think dominique wilkins is the only guy uh up until this point who ever really came back and the weird thing about that one was that he did it in the 90s now medicine has improved so much mm -hmm. that you know i had this lengthy uh twitter thread of like all of the terrible cases of this but basically past four guys kevin durant clay thompson demarcus cousins dwight powell They've all looked pretty darn good mm -hmm. coming back from this from this formerly uh, horrific injury. Uh, so I just kind of want to uh, bring some light to that, that that when players get Achilles tears now, that might not necessarily mean that their career is over. It's going to be a very long timetable. It's about a year. Right. But it's just so amazing to see where medicine has come. Where, how it how it has improved you know it, it's the same thing with a acl tear that used to be a career ender now it's just like a six to eight, nine month recovery you know zach levine tore his acl right uh, like his sophomore junior year so it's just i love seeing this i i love seeing these guys back particularly clay and boogie who it was both the acl and the achilles um so just really nice to see the ACL, yeah, the ACL is a quick, quick-ish recovery, unless you're Jonathan Isaac, in which case, it's, it's like how many oh, years? God, <laughs> and two years. Yes. By the way, yes. Cam Akers in the NFL made it back from an Achilles in less than six months, which is just insane. So, yeah, to your point, don't don't know who that is, but Rams run, Rams running back Cam Akers made it back in less there than six go. months this past season <laughs> from an Achilles. So that's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. Does is football like that? Is there less uh think, like quicker turnarounds in football with from, the, with the Achilles injury? From what I read on the Athletic, they did an innovative procedure and the Rams had a an incredible uh medical staff combo of that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Didn't AP also tear his Achilles? Um, I'd have to See, this is how bad I am at football. I should, we shouldn't have gone to this territory. We definitely did the ACL. <laughs> um all right. Well, on that note, now that we're talking about football injuries, it's time to go after an eventful, <laughs> what I was called an eventful episode of Round Ball Stew. That is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We'll be back on Friday, and we'll be back on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of next week as usual. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live. Thanks for bearing with us during our minor technical difficulties today. Thanks to all of our writers, uh, Raf, Steve, Aaron, Jared. Thanks for sticking around. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.